Welcome to the Secret Life of Cookies, where we try to solve the world's problems through the miracle of carbohydrates, one recipe at a time, with host Marissa Rothkoff and her dog, Bosco. Hello, and welcome to a very, very special Secret Life of Cookies podcast. I have not one, but two of the smartest people going. We have Allison Gill of Muller She Wrote Podcast and the Daily Beans Podcast, the podcast I have to listen to every day just to make sure I know what's going on in the world. And I also have, yes, also Mary Trump, author most recently of The Reckoning, a must read if you know you want to have a sense of hope for the future. So, two guests and joy of joys, this is my first podcast done in person. All three of us, plus a lovely African gray parrot in the same room drinking cocktails. Please join us. Before we get on with the carousing and sorting out of the issues going on in the world, we're looking at you, Mr. Merrick Garland. I just wanted to politely ask you to please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review in the Apple Store, and if you would, please give a follow on Twitter at Marissa Rotkopf. Enough asking. On with the show. We are here today live with a view of the skyline of New Jersey, which is probably better than the skyline of New York if I had my druthers, with Mary Trump. It means you're not in New Jersey. <laughs> That is the only, that is the biggest bonus. And honestly, I've never heard anybody say the view of Jersey City, um, because I think it's the Hudson River that is actually more of the the middle. Yeah, there's water in between here and that other state that whose name shall not be mentioned. I, I, anyway, um, we, 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 we won't deal with the Jersey hatred now because last, last week's podcast was a love song to New Jersey. So I guess we have to keep things Who did balanced. you pay? I mean, who was, on, who was on with you? Someone from New Jersey. <laughs> well, that's, that's the only explanation because, and honestly, no, New Jersey is lovely. I just, as a, as a native New Yorker, I, I, it's a law here. Um, that we have to hate on New Jersey at all opportunity. And we have with us um, um, Ms. Allison Gill from the other coast. That would be the West Coast of the United States visiting us here with her back to New Jersey, which I'm not taking personally, but choices are made. We are here uh, and with Mary Trump as well. She's the one from Long Island. So from all my Jersey friends out there, enough said. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. The record needs to be. I grew up in Queens. All right. I am from New York City and now I now live in New York City. Okay. Which so. is more than I can say. <laughs> All right. Um, the thing that may surprise our listeners today is that we actually haven't started drinking yet, and that to, but we will. And that we, what we will be doing uh, this afternoon here is um, eating some baked goods that I already have made a delightful gluten-free honey lemon cake, which I will, of course, provide the recipe for, and some tahini chocolate bars that were inspired by Molly Katzen, who's like, cook with chocolate and tahini. And Molly Katzen says to you, cook with chocolate and tahini. And you say, uh-huh, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. Molly Katzen says so. Yep. So thank you, Molly Katzen. I'm sorry you're not here. So today we decided that we um, are going to be consuming alcohol in the form of a drink we just made up called the... and honor of Sebastian, Ms. Trump's 
parrot or African gray, and mm-hmm. we'll be drinking the African gray hound. The African gray hound in his honor. Unless you make it with Grey Goose vodka, which I don't recommend, but if you let, if you're into that sort of thing, you can call it the African Grey Goose. But we'll be using Kettle One. We would all be happy to be paid sponsors for Kettle One, but we're not. And in the meantime, it's Mary's own money. I'm not entirely sure they believe us when we said we haven't started drinking it, or maybe just me. But anyway, but here we find ourselves on this day, October 27th, about to start drinking. Late-ish in the afternoon. We've waited till their sun is sort of setting there. Sort of setting there. And how did you spend your day, Ms. Gill? Well, the reason that we should have already been drinking by now uh, is because at least I spent my day, and I think that you uh, said you spent a lot of your day yes. listening to the Senate Judiciary Committee interview and, and take the testimony of Attorney General Merrick Garland. Yes. Uh, and so... There's a lot of really important things that came out today, but the Republicans are still on their tear about the memo that Merrick Garland released uh, in October that basically mothers and fathers basically says, uh, hey, if you, uh, you know, do violence or threaten violence against the school board administrators, we'll, we'll be there to help you out. The FBI will help you out. And, and Republicans seem to think that that means First Amendment rights. G-men. That's what Ted Cruz says. They'll be sending G-men. G-men. Because he lives in some sort of, well, we know he lives in an alternative universe. I um, was listening to it as I drove in today, Mm -hmm. um, as we we mentioned. And I was listening via C-SPAN, which you can listen to in your car, which I think confirms me as a serious nerd. But a dangerous nerd, because t- when Ted Cruz started speaking, I nearly swerved off the road. And I don't think, I think cars, like they have like those auto um, things that you have like a breathalyzer. And like, you know, if you've had a DUI, you blow into it. And if it, you're up, your level's high, you can't drive. I think if your car hears Ted Cruz's voice, you should not be able to drive. It's yeah. not safe. Anything that's detrimental to your driving ability, Ted Cruz's voice, <laughs> definitely top of the list. Well, second to the top of the list, but thankfully the, the person I'm thinking of isn't really heard from too much these days. Josh Hawley, Tom Cotton, you know, I, I think that it should be a system that can be programmed to. Um... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, we had an alcohol mishap almost. Yeah, um, I, I nearly put the shaker top on top of the Saint Germain um, elderflower liqueur, but and I swear, no drinking has yet occurred. It's it's true, but you know what? Maybe so. Just plug in the term Republican, and I think uh, maybe that in, in my car I shouldn't be having that in the background. Um, what were your takeaways from today, though? Did do you feel good now? Are we raising a drink in celebration? When I you pop, will you pop up in the prosecco yeah, for us? Sure will. When she pops up with a Prosecco, is it a happy pop? Is it like, just get me a drink pop? It's a get me a drink pop, but I am happy in... To give a complex (laughs) answer. Please. Yes and no. I'm happy and sad. Because we did get some answers today about whether or not, or how, or when, Merrick Garland is going to investigate things like the John Eastman memo. And I know you want to talk about me too. The Jeffrey Bosart Clark letters to mm-hmm. the seven states that Eastman talked about in his six-part coup for dummies <laughs> memo. Um, the, the fact that Trump was talking with Donald. 
Uh, sorry, the fact that Donald was talking with Rosen and because I didn't, I didn't talk with Rosen. She didn't talk with Rosen. And then Donahue uh, took took the notes. You know, we know that the the select committee in the House is looking at these things, but I want criminal investigations. And so we did find out a couple of things. First of all, we found out Merrick Garland promised that he was not constraining mm-hmm. at all or curtailing at all the FBI or uh, DC U.S. Attorney. From looking at, from following the money and the funders of the of the Stop the Steal and the Ellipse Rally, uh, so that's good news. He said, and he said this under oath. And, so, no. and we see this on the good the good column this here. Is in the good column. He also said uh, what I had presumed was happening. Like, why haven't we heard that he's investigating Donald? Yes. Uh, and the leaders and the insiders of the riot, Mo Brooks Jr. Biggs, Gosar. Why hasn't he rivalry heard? Right. And I thought perhaps he was waiting for the Inspector General or the Congress to make a bipartisan or nonpartisan criminal referral to the Department of Justice so that he could insulate himself from seeming as though he was politicizing an investigation. And he said that today, and I was shocked that he said anything other than <laughs> no comment, but he said he recommitted to looking at everyone. In, in, in who was involved mm-hmm. and he told I think it was Senator Blumenthal it was either Senator Blumenthal or White House Senator White House that whatever the Inspector General's recommendations are he commits to, to following them so if the, if the Inspector General makes a criminal referral and there are plenty of crimes <laughs> and this Inspector General I think isn't stupid uh, he is the one who, who said Trump Russia was predicated and it should have happened and it wasn't politically biased. But he's also the one who said that the FISA warrant against Carter Page had errors in it, which Donald ran with. Yeah. Uh, even though he said they would have given it, they would have granted the warrant anyway if these mistakes weren't made. So he's he's come to good conclusions. Um, but so he's a, you think he's a straight shooter? I think he's a straight shooter, but I do have I do take some issue with the way he treated the McCabe mm-hmm. uh, investigation. But I mean, inspectors general are supposed to find problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, no one has ever like that was a great inspector general finding. I love that whole investigation into me. <laughs> no one's ever fully exonerated mm-hmm. inspector general. So it, it's what I'm hope what I'm hoping now happens is that. And, it, and I, I wish that all this would have happened faster, but I hope the inspector general makes criminal referrals to the Department of Justice, who then appoints a special counsel. I want a special counsel because I want to hear declinations. If he doesn't go after someone, I want to know why. Or she. Right. Um, and what do, you, what do you think the dec- – I mean, why do you want to hear the declinations? Well, because if we just leave up, this up to Garland in the Department of Justice and he decides not to – Investigate or not to prosecute. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to tell us, first of all, that he's investigating or not. And second of all, if he decides not to, he doesn't have to tell us that he decided not to. Third of all, if he decides not to, he doesn't have to tell us why he had decided not to. But a special counsel, by the special counsel regulations, has to report all of that. And if the attorney general at all tries to curtail mm-hmm. or stop a charge or an indictment from going forward from the special counsel, they have to report that they did so to Congress by law. Uh, and I mean, there's a lot of other different reasons that I, I would prefer a special counsel. Uh, independence, they have full power of a U.S. attorney. They can indict. Um, and, and speed. The, speed. The, the special counsel, Bob Mueller, he was 
making it rain indictments five months into his after he was appointed. And that was from starting, you know, so this right. has already got a lot of evidence. I have a question um, about that, because one of one of the um, problems. <laughs> that was Prosecco, guys. Yes, you can. You guys can get up off the in, ground. It was just Prosecco. It's in New York. It would only ever be Prosecco because um, yes. we don't have insanity like open carry from two if you're two and up um and it has to be an ak-47 without a safety um it's a rosé prosecco it's lovely beautiful it is absolutely lovely i'm guessing should we have a glass of that <laughs> ease our it's way into the main pregame it's, it's a good pregame too yeah. um I will just take a pause here. Can you hold your question, of course. Miss? Um, I will pause here, and I'm talking to the um, microphone because this isn't television, and I hope the microphone sees that I have a beautiful pink Singapore sling from Raffles in Singapore. Um, plastic, it's my travel um, shaker that is filled with Kettle One vodka. Not filled, you know what I mean. Um, there's an ounce of vodka per drink. Um, there is... Uh, three quarters of an ounce of grapefruit juice and a quarter ounce of Saint-Germain liqueur, which if you haven't discovered, that I'm worried about. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's floral. It's elderflower That's liqueur. And elderflower is not just a joke for Monty Python. Um, your mother's not, elves elderflower. <laughs> <laughs> your father was a hamster. Um, anyway, uh, so it's a delicious light floral um, that pairs beautifully with gin. Mary, gin. Yeah. No. And uh, it, <laughs> so we sit here on the Wednesday drinking vodka with elderflower and also topped with Prosecco because why the heck not? So um, this sound you'll not about to hear is me shaking it. And it's, it only leaks a little It's a very happy sound for today. Mary, over the shaking of the ice cubes, square ice cubes, um, you had a thought and a question. I did. Um First, I'm regretting the fact that I didn't really move all of my surfing dishes with me. <laughs> but much more importantly, um, one of the, the biggest um, performative problems I had with Mueller was that he indicted somebody like every couple of months. Mm -hmm. So it lost all of its dramatic power. Like if he had dropped that bomb, we were dotting this person and this person and this person. And so it just like took the energy out of the whole thing. It's like, oh yeah, another low level person being uh, indicted. Oh yeah, big deal. Instead of the front it's, page 16 people yeah. or whatever. Yeah. No, I seriously think that's why people were like, whatever, this is still going on. Who cares? Well, seriously. If he hadn't, and he waited till the end, everyone would have said he's taken him so long. What's taken him so long? Yeah, um, but, but I, you know, he's supposed to be impervious to that kind of thing, right? And I'm just saying, as as a as somebody who wants to uncover wrongdoing and illegality, that he would want to make the most effective case, and to, to the jury. In this case, it's the American people. And if you're losing the jury along the way because it's boring or it's not, you know, it's I just think that's something that needs to be taken into consideration. Um, and also people don't understand it and by people. I mean, right. all of us, right. they get it explained to them by people like Ted Cruz yeah. and all their minions. And yeah. that really hurts um, the case of a person like any special counsel case. If it's not 
understandable enough in a sense for everyone to really get it and to see indictments, which is like something that really, I mean, I, I hate to simplify this so much because it's not, none of this is simple, no. but you know, and you have been kind of holding the hands of the nation through um, the Daily Beans podcast and also your Twitter feed by saying, guys, 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 Mayor Garland, it, everything takes time. Right. All the rest of us kind of mouth breathers here are like, but I need to see something and I need to feel something. And all I feel now is fear. You know why? Because there's a difference between taking your time and not knowing if anything's happening. Right. I think if we knew that, we and could. We know today. That's now why, we know, and right. that's why it's kind of a happy, <laughs> half happy trick. Right. So what's the, I, it's not what I wanted to know. Yeah. But I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And just knowing that there is hope um, in uh, that there is some hope that it's going to be happening is, is nice. And a special counsel, I would like that. The well. fact that Lawrence Tribe is calling for a special counsel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is huge it because is. as much as I yell and scream about special counsel and I put my threads out and then Asha puts her thread out, mm-hmm. Asha Rangava put her thread out, and then John Dean said we need a special counsel. Lawrence Tribe yeah. is Merrick Garland's mentor, Harvard law professor, right. and also Adam Schiff's professor. And Wait, that's a, right. He like has taught everybody. Yeah. Right. So yeah. And every time he writes an op-ed... The, the Justice Department does what the op-ed says. I'm not saying it's because the Justice Department listens to Lawrence Tribe and writes their mm-hmm. their things based on what Lawrence Tribe says, but man, the Mo Brooks decision, mm-hmm. op-ed from Lawrence Tribe. A week later, we get the decision with all the points in the op-ed by Lawrence Tribe, which was the right decision on Mo Brooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the SBA Texas abortion ban. Have, uh, you know, the Supreme Court allows it to go forward through a shadow docket, uh, you know, with the sh- because of the shadow docket. Uh, Lawrence Tribe writes an op-ed and says, here's how you sue them. And bam, a week later. And again, I'm not saying that this happens, but if anybody has Merrick Garland's ear, it's Lawrence. Yeah, mm, exactly. So I, the fact that he's calling for a special counsel, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get on special counsel train. OK, so we can all kind of. Uh... It's up Go, to the IG now. It's up to the IG. So we're waiting at the IG station for the um, that train yeah. that you're waiting for. And painful analogies, like <laughs> cumbersome analogies that I'm trying to work on right now. Um, I had um, a problem watching uh, this for all the obvious reasons. I watched the whole C-SPAN thing, and I realized why it's on C-SPAN and not on regular television, that maybe not everybody's watching it. And I thought by the end of it, did I need to have watched it? Because I got to see Ted Cruz grandstand and Josh Hawley grandstand and whatever that woman's name is from Tennessee grandstand and talk over them and yeah, right. And talk over um, Merrick Garland and and say, no, you're not answering the question when he was answering the question. And it, it, it's the same old tricks. It's all I've got. It's, it's all I've got, but it makes great sound bites for them. It makes great sound bites for whatever is going to happen on the news in Nashville tonight. And it drives us crazy. But, but they also furthered that talking point that they've been cultivating for a while, especially Mike Lee and Chuck Grassley, mm-hmm. that we are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic, mm-hmm. which kind of allows them minority rule. Because in democracy, everybody gets to vote. And they've been, Mike Lee said, you know, rank democracy is the, uh, the enemy of liberty. Like there, there's a whole umbrella over these messaging talking points that the that the Republican Party, which are fascists, are moving toward <laughs> saying we aren't a democracy, we're a constitutional republic. And that's frightening. That's really frightening. Here's but to here's to democracy. Here's to democracy. <laughs> yeah, because 
um, tell that to, you know, gubernatorial <laughs> elections or tell it to the House. Uh, tell it, right? I mean, every election in this country with one exception is democratic in the sense that the majority, the person who gets the majority of the votes, even if it's one vote majority, wins. Mm -hmm. um, the only times that's not the case is with the presidential election uh, because of the very racist uh, electoral college, which favors states that have more cows than people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, are red leaning. And um, in the Senate, where... 60 people are needed, even if even if the majority, even if the, the party in power has 58 senators and the other party only has 42. If they can get, you know, 60 votes to stop something. Yeah. Or that. Sorry. If the Democrat, if the party in power can't get 60 votes. Yeah to overcome a filibuster, then we lose. And it's, it's, so yeah, the, the whole constitution Republic thing is, this is what they do with language though. Mm -hmm. They never explain it what he means. They say, they, they call us socialist, uh, socialist, socialist, communist, Leninist, Marxist. They never explain what that means. Um, they say critical race theory, don't explain what it means. And really, or understand what the, it means. The, most of them don't, for sure. Um, but the truth of the matter is they're throwing all of this at the wall because they're fascist. And if somebody asks any of us, explain to me how the Republican Party is a fascist party, we can't. And they can't explain their, you know, attack. Mm -hmm. But we need better messaging. Of course and, we do. You know, like in your book, uh, The Reckoning. <laughs> Thank you for uh, mentioning it. When you talk Mary about, Trump. When you talk about the precipice. And the absolute amazing once in a lifetime, once in a generation, maybe even once in a, in a republic opportunity to, to, to reimagine our country. Right now, with this language that's coming out of the right, I, it's, it's, I think it's so important that Democrats take this and make it a democracy versus republic argument. Mm. Uh, and because and, and, if you frame everything in those two things, fascism versus democracy, but call it or call it a yeah. constitutional republic, because that's their nice, nice word for fascism. Mm -hmm. That's where we need to have all the messaging and all the language. We want a democracy. Right. You want minority rule. Right. Because most people will be like, wait a minute. We're we're supposed we all thought we we're democracy. We democracy is good. Right. Like why all of a sudden, since it's inconvenient for the minority party. Do we not want a democracy? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And that's how um, we should. Hey, if you want to pick sides, if you want to start shaping yourself as a constitutional Republican, then because that's the nice, yeah, nice word yeah. for it. Yeah, and explain what it means too. You have um, to explain what it means, right? And then, you, you know, I think that's where the media fail again. They they never ask people who throw around these terms. Um, so define them. I can I only, sorry, only I, like Jay Leno and you know. <laughs> you want you want a drink? Well, I, I think it's, it's time, time to drink. I think to, this discussion of we're just <laughs> gearing up and, and I think it's time to test it's the we're gonna test this drink now before we launch into how to really pass um, how to how to share information with the public. 
and not no. have it have it <laughs> have it be um that's the sound so, of sound. the drink going into Allison Gill's glass and stop very nice um, there's no greater sound than that sound of the ice cube, I there's think, not. as far as like ASMR. Well, this is, is a pretty good sound too, right? Yeah, ready? Cheers. Ready, everyone? And there nice. we go. Beautiful. Cheers. Oh, I have to be completely honest. I was very skeptical. Actually, I was terrified about the elderflower because oh, flowery God. things and drinking. Mm. It is. This is delicious. Mm. <laughs> um, you guys should stop the stop listening. Go out. Go out. Get, buy get some things. Flower liquor, uh, rosé prosecco, vodka, and grapefruit juice. And, and it's wow. probably good for your health. It's very herbal. Of course it is. <laughs> Great. It's <laughs> vitamin C. Um, it's a very easy drink. That's, what's it called? The grapes. The, um, it's the African greyhound. It's the African. <laughs> yeah, Sebastian, the African greyhound. It's the Sebastian. I think we should call it the Sebastian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's in honor of your greyhound. I mean, he's, I mean, your grey parrot. We just need some sort of like a little red uh, tail feather, sort of a garnet. Does he have a mold? A blood orange. Does he have a mold? Well, like lose a tail feather for our drinks, like a cocktail, <laughs> right? There's a few. That's a great idea. Like just <laughs> an ice, ice, ice and red red dye in a feather shape. Yeah, no, that's true. That's well, true. Um, anyway, because he's still gunning for his own day. He's very upset about Catterday. Catterday. Well, we'll have to make African Grey Parrot Day. Birder Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. My cat does not want Birder Day. Anyway, um, how do you pass on the message of the beloved Republicans and their beloved followers? I mean, devoted cult-like followers. There you go. Um, was that the word I was searching for? Mm. The cult-like followers um, and. Ex- is it possible to explain to people that these people are fascist? You can, I think you can explain it to people in the suburbs, but I don't think you can change any minds of uh, any Mm-mm. Donald followers. Um, no way. And how- because the, when you, the more you try to explain to a cult member that they're in a cult, the more dug in they get mm-hmm. to their leader. You know, and I, I yeah. talked to Dr. Hassan about that. Oh, you did on the show, and he's like, he's like, there's really nothing you can do. I mean, That's unless it. you start with your family members who might be Donaldists. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, say, hey, um, let's see if, where we can meet in the middle. Do you see this behavior, you know, have a, a different approach of a conversation? In his book, he tells you how to make that approach. Oh. Uh, and he did on, on, on our Daily Beans podcast as well. If you just look up uh, Dr. Haas, Dr. Hassan Daily Beans, he, he gives you kind of ideas on what to do about your Donald-loving family members and how to approach them and how to talk to them. But it's I, I personally, if, if I'm going large scale, I'm not wasting my time on them. I'm going for the people that are on the fence. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I said that's I'm sure all of us said this before the 2020 election. You know, when asked, how do you reach people who are saying right now that they'll vote for Donald again? I said, you don't ignore them. Don't mm-hmm. waste your time. Let's focus on getting out. the. Because honestly, that's interesting. How about olive oil and really good salt? She's asking that question because oh, sorry. Um, Allison has just bitten into a beautiful, like, zebra-like tomato. I've been eyeing tomatoes <laughs> and mozzarella. Like, how do I eat those? We have a lovely spread. And, you know, I also want to point out this is the first live Secret Life of Cookies. Every time I have been across... You mean in person, not actually live. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, we're alive. fix it in post. No, exactly. Everything is being fixed. No, it's all natural. Um, this podcast is all natural and organic, believe me. Um, 
We, um, I've never actually been in the same room as the people that I have been interviewing. So this is a lovely change to make actual eye contact with people. Um, it is indeed. Um, that does mean that people understand that I sort of like stim while I talk, but that's okay. Um, anyway, nice to see you all as I rock back and forth quietly. It's keep smacking the counter. <laughs> um, I can hear your producers like, oh, stop it. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so... Uh, we have this little problem with fascism and being told that um, we are all fascists um, ourselves and socialists and Marxists. All right. um, I want to move on (laughs) because really we'll deal with fascism, you know, when it's coming. I mean, how long did fascism taste to rise in Europe? Like a month. Yeah. Like a month and a half. (laughs) Um, So nothing to worry about. Thank you. There was a story in this magazine called Rolling Stone. This week. Um, and I really want to know, um, would you like to explain to people what the article was about? And then I'd like to know your thoughts, both of your thoughts on when you first heard it and then what you thought about afterwards as you began to actually think about the story. Well, Rolling Stone had two sources that have testified or that have spoken to the committee, uh, the select committee, uh, about a rally organizing uh, and said that they had multiple meetings with Mm -hmm. either the member of Congress themselves or a staffer for that member of Congress. Mm -hmm. And it was Biggs, Gosar, Gohmert, Brooks. uh, Why can't I think? Cotton? No, No. the center. Um, Not the center? No, no, no. They're all reps. Yeah, they're all represented. Yeah, no, Tom Cotton is Senate. He's Senate, yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Biggs, Gosar, Green. Uh, yeah, MTG. There you go. Oh, Green, of course. I just don't Green. like to think about her. Derb. Yeah, and I, I sort of <laughs> compartmentalized her into the bog of eternal stench in my mind, and that's where she was. Like, the bog of eternal stench? The bog of eternal stench. The yeah. best? She's Cortez. <laughs> and... Um, Anyway, that they, that they or their staffers were involved and that Gosar actually offered pardons to these two people for unrelated crimes hmm. from the president if they helped organize this rally, right? And so that's sort of what that reporting was. And Rolling Stone confirmed with a third person mm-hmm. that these allegations were true. And since then, we've heard more stories about staffers coming forward saying, yes, Ghosts are offered pardons, or yes, we were offered pardons. Mm-hmm. And I, and then PBS came out and did some reporting on it. And I was like, all right, now it's safe to share, or I'm glad <laughs> I shared it. Because, you know, I'll share these stories without comment at first. Let it sit for a minute, because I'm just reporting news, and then wait and see what happens. Because Rolling Stone got in trouble a little bit before. Right. For some really bad, a really bad mistake. Yeah, in really. their reporting, a lack of journalism <laughs> that was detrimental to the Me Too movement. Honestly, absolutely. So that's sort of you know where they're coming from. But there were they also provided text messages that, that corroborated this. A guy named Stockton is now talking to uh, the committee. He actually, we found out he actually did provide testimony to the committee, and he's part of the part of the ellipse rally people. Now there seems to be two factions, the ellipse rally people, mm-hmm. people who paid money and helped support and fund right. protests at the ellipse. 
And then the Stop the Steal folks, mm. Ali Alexander and, and Martin and those folks that, uh, and Alex Jones and Bannon that were marching to the Capitol mm-hmm. uh, and saying that, you know, uh, some of these people with the ellipse situation were like, this, they're planning to march to the Capitol. That's unpermitted. We don't have a permit for that. That's bad. And so they had their friend, Amy Kremer, text Mark Meadows. And she said, oh, the White House will take care of it. And then Donald Trump says, we're marching to the Capitol. It's like, <laughs> apparently he didn't take care of it. But if they have proof that they told Donald about the unpermitted marches. And he, you know, before January 6th, that's, that's kind of makes him culpable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Criminally. I mean, he's obviously culpable. He's obviously culpable, but criminally culpable. And when she said that, my cheeks flushed, and I'm sure it wasn't the vodka. I just like to hear the word Donald and criminally culpable in the same sentence. Well, unfortunately, it just, he's been criminally, criminally culpable since he was like a friggin' toddler. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know. Special. So, you know, I don't remember precisely what one of the pushbacks on this article was, but it was uh, something like, you know, we, we don't have enough here. It could have just, they could have just been organizing the rally. And then there's so much to um, argue against that. First of all, if you're if you're going on a tourist visit, mm. um, oh yeah, that or the great right. tourism, yeah. or just going to a rally, what do you need a pardon for? Like clearly, if you feel like you need a pardon, mm. you know you're doing something very wrong. Mm-hmm. A blanket um, pardon. A blanket pardon. Yeah. The pardon were for unrelated crimes, but a blanket, blanket pardon insinuates what you're about to do. Right? To me, it does. Yes. So, you Looking know, ahead. I, think, I think that's called um, consciousness of guilt. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But in a minority report kind of way. Mm. But there are going to be funders and organizers of, of this rally who have a very good defense in that, hey, we really just, we. We were funding a protest. Right. We weren't funding an insurrection. And that's a really good defense because mm-hmm. in chapter seven of Ellie <laughs> Honig's book, which I see right by my knee, Hatchet Man, he talks about a mafia case where uh, Gotti mm. sent a couple of guys to hospital beat somebody, meaning not kill him, mm. but the intent was to put him in the hospital. And when they got there, these hitmen, one of them come out from under a blanket and started shooting and murdered the guy. And they were not able to go after Gotti for attempted or or murder or accessory to murder because Gotti's intent was simply to put him in the hospital. (laughs) So that's sort of what, and believe it or not, that those are, that's the facts, right? So you have to sort of think about these organizers and funders of the rally that there are going to be some that honestly were thinking that they were, unless you have proof that they knew that they were funding a a violent insurrection or a coup attempt, they're going to get off on that defense. And that's a good defense if you're a criminal defender. I I don't have necessarily have a problem with that. I have a problem with the people who knew exactly what they were doing, knew knew exactly where to go, where the um, weaknesses in the capital security were. The only unarmored windows. The structure of the... Exactly. That's Irving. So... That's Chris Miller. That's Donald. Exactly. Bannon. Exactly. And... everyone at the Willard? Well, exactly. The Willard. Why do you have a war room? There's a war room at the Willard for people... How do you spend $55,000 on rooms? And very interestingly... Only one person. That was Bernie Carrick, who spent $55,000 on rooms. The fact that it was the... The fact that it was this... So sorry. Trump campaign. That's just what it's called. Um, (laughs) 
has no relation to well, the I mean, Donald uh, Trump campaign. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. A little incident with the the wine fridge and my thigh. Uh, the fact that it was a campaign makes it um, not eligible for executive privilege, <clears throat> and right. it also makes it not eligible to be represented by the Department of Justice. Because remember, that's that was the Mo Brooks reason. You were campaigning, so we can't. Uh, you can't be certified to the Department of Justice. You are no longer a defendant. Oh, and also overthrowing the government isn't within the scope of your job. <laughs> and it even said that in case the court decides that our campaign reason isn't enough, you you also, that's not covered in the scope of your duties uh, as a member of Congress. So the fact that it was campaign money that funded the war room at the Willard, I think is, we're going to be hearing a lot about that and criminality and how that matters. And how are we going to hear that? Uh, hopefully, when the inspector general makes a criminal referral to the Department of Justice, and they appoint a special counsel, <laughs> <laughs> right? And because there are so many, and and I know some of it's just circumstantial, but it does. If there's enough of that to put pressure on having a real investigation and finding out, you know, where we can get to actual, because a war room at the Willard, okay. I mean, circumstantial kind of, but you know, that's that's something that really needs to be looked into. Like Mueller did totality. Yes, exactly. And yeah. and that's an, another reason why we also need to figure out if this was, um, if nobody knew this was happening, why wasn't the person in the Oval Office not rushed to right. a bunker? To his bunker, to, right. his, to his hidey hole, like when, like when the Black Lives Matter protests. Because we know happening. he's a wimp. And he ended up in the And he bunker. would have gone there in a second if he thought there was... Have you seen those photos of, of Midge? That's what I call her now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who MTG, that is. MTG, uh, yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene, on, on the floor uh-huh. of the house, like... Smiling like yep. proud when the when the insurrection was happening. She's like, yep. oh, it's nauseating. And laughing at people who ask her to put on a mask. Oh, she's huh. been fined like she has been fined. And that was, you know, that was a small moment of hope for those of us who um are are in the camp of not being uh hopeful about what is happening or the pace being held to consequence for something. I I think that is it. You know, I sit there and I have children and I'm spending a lot of my time trying to tell them um, that there are consequences for their actions. And we don't really see a whole lot of that. It's extraordinary. That plus, um, but those are family values. I think when it became, Oh, (laughs) family values only matter when, the fetus is unborn, and, or right. you're gay. And, and when did it become? And you're waggling around your gayness in my face. How dare you? And and <clears throat> and marriage. Your 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 need to marry people. I know. That's I, my I, I listen. If you go home and, and file for divorce, I apologize in advance for <laughs> yeah. you know doing just being that to you. the air. Yeah, um, I could catch we're inside gayness. and we're not wearing masks. <laughs> but um, and you know when did it become? I didn't even think about that. When did it become? Not just acceptable, but the way things should be for adult human beings never to take responsibility for themselves. Like, seriously, I didn't give you a fork. Oh, no, you did, but I left oh, it on the plate. Okay. Um, the fork is for the um, mozzarella and um, heirloom, heirloom tomatoes, tomatoes with um, a beautiful, actually organic, extra virgin okay. olive oil mm. and balsamic vinegar that I all recommend that you go and eat while you're drinking this because you really should eat something while you're drinking this. <laughs> and Marissa is very politely not mentioning the horror of the presentation. But it's it's, it's good beautiful. Food, so it's cares. beautiful food. She's only fine. when you have great ingredients. Exactly. And it's good company. Really, truly amazing. See? Good. Um, and beautiful salt. Where else can I sit down and talk about inspectors general <laughs> and 
coos. Uh, Very few exactly. places, and have heirloom tomatoes and homemade baguette. And, and democracy versus fascism with delicious uh, and cocktails. Maybe and we should friends. rename where this. Else, where else? Where else do, I, I do, where else do where we else? have this democracy versus fascism cocktail? And in this cocktail, in the end, democracy better fucking win. Quote books that are at my knees. <laughs> exactly, and that is the wonder of being able to do a podcast actually in person. That's right. Um, we talking about the Willard and the um, crazy stuff that may or may not have gone on in there. May did, um, did. I want to talk. Uh, well, you, the point that you had raised was um, um, it, she, we have a knife and fork. Don't worry. Yeah, silverware. Many of us, because of COVID, have been eating off our laps, maybe not even off plates watching TV and really not having anybody stare at us while we're eating. So for many of us, it is a new skill to be eating with people. I can't remember the last time I ate at a table. <laughs> I thought about wearing, I told me, I thought about wearing hard pants today. I did not. And I was like, that's perfect because it works, but for both meanings of the word hard pants, hard and like really fucking hard. <laughs> really like hard to wear pants. Um, my children have been raised only to look for towards a TV when they mm-hmm. eat. Okay. But we talk to the TV, so it's not like we're, like, inhuman or animals or yeah, something. Yeah, we live room on the couch. Yeah. Um, oh, I grew up at a table. <laughs> yeah, I grew up at a table. And I'm still all tattooed and a Democrat. So take that <laughs> under advisement, family right. values people. It can yeah, happen to you. Dead, so, Jesus. <laughs> the things you that can happen Jesus to you. <laughs> Just as an expletive, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. I've I never Just to get this slightly back on track, um, you know, I do think that's an interesting take. You know, think about my poor, like kids, my children's age, right? I have a 19 year old, I have a what? 15 year old and they've grown up <laughs> I'm not sure um, they've grown up in this time of just watching complete circus complete mayhem now will their reaction be to it like the greatest generation and they want to care more about their society I, I, in my heart I see my son in the center for social justice in his high school as he is um, in our earnest suburban town and I feel there's some hope. Oh, there's huge hope because they're going to do it in a different way. They're not going to take up arms to do it. They're not going to have to fight. But, you know, they have the right for those arms. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, but, uh, but just the with everything that they know now and everything that all the paths that have been paved and, and everything that they're aware of. Somebody asked me the other day, given what happened to what happened to me in the military, would I recommend or even say if somebody wanted to, if a young woman wanted to join the military, would I recommend against it or not? And I said, given what, what I see from young people today is boundaries and bodily autonomy and standing up for themselves. We didn't, I didn't have that. And I think on the other side of the Me Too movement, that's a like the the just the brilliance and the bravery of young people today mm-hmm. is what gives me hope and what I'm relying on and and that uh, I, I'm just very happy about it. I'm very excited about it. So I'm very excited about you know what what your kids are going to do and go through to help preserve. You know what's interesting? Uh, this might sound silly, but I also think one they're the third generation of kids who grew up with social media from the time they were mm-hmm. born. I think the third, maybe the second, whatever. So they know what they know. Do not post a picture with alcohol if you're in high school. Do not 
They know what not to do. Do, do not send news. Do not send They know all of However that. beautiful your penis is, please don't photograph it. fake news and stuff. Right, right. They're really? taught that from a, a much younger age. Yes. And um, the other thing, and this is a thing that might sound superficial, but I think Snapchat gave them a level of self-confidence because they're constantly posting pictures of themselves in like just first waking up in the morning. You know what I mean? (laughs) So like, they're not like rushing to put on makeup and worried about being thin enough to post on Snapchat. Um, I do worry. I mean, I have a lot of hope for them, but what I worry about is that we have burdened them with so much, Mm. you know, we we're, we're killing their planet. Uh, We're killing not just American democracy, but if America becomes an autocracy, that's it for the world. I'm sorry. I think we've killed the planet. Um, well, yeah. I mean, okay, but we, we, we can't. That was the news. Right. Out of, I mean, we can't. What, we, Switzerland? This and week? actually, we, it's not the planet because the planet would be just fine without us. Absolutely. We're just killing. We killed the life, Amazon. You know, I know. I know. But yeah, so, we don't want to like uh, take away the, the idea that we have there's things we can do to fix. Exactly. But so, so they're so burdened. Uh, that I do see a little bit of um, apathy sometimes because, you know, what what do you do? We have to fight on all fronts. And I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like they, they're, they're apathetic anxiety. and don't care what happens. Like among, um, like what my daughter tells me, and I'm completely responsible for her apathy, given what she had to go through in the last five years. <laughs> yeah, but it's like hoarders, right? You right. walk into a house, and where do you even start? Exactly. That's a, exactly. Perfect. And it's a beautiful analogy. And for me, I don't see it as, I see the apathy in that way that you're exhausted from anxiety. It's yep. just like, I can't like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I talk to my, you know, uh, children in my orbit. I don't know. I'm people. I don't want to point fingers at my son. He never listened to the podcast. It's okay. But um, they're, they're terrified of the climate issue. Of course. And they're scared because they listen to their mom about the political issues that yep. they have to deal with. But they are so much better prepared, like you said, for their own physical autonomy. Mm-hmm. My son, my son is a boy. And, um, oh. can you, t- anyway, um, my son it has so much more understanding of how you treat people than with respect than even and knowledge us. and where to find it. And, and exactly. Ability to research. And, and this idea of, um, I, I think the best moment for me was when he's like, why do we call it the Women's World Cup? Why isn't it? And we call the World Cup for men the World Cup. Why do we have to denote that as women's? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my work is done here. Oh, they, yeah, they used but to. But I had nothing to, to do with it. They used to introduce me as uh, that I, I was uh, San Diego's funniest woman, that I won the San, I, San Diego's funniest woman. And I would get up and I was like, actually, I won San Diego's funniest, San Diego's funniest Human comic being. twice, comic twice. No one else has done that. Uh, but but thank you. Uh, thank you. So no I one. guess technically I am standing. He was funny as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, but also, but why? Yeah, but why? Why that retro him? You know, there's which I think is the term for it. I love that phrase, retro name. Yeah, it's like the, the the acoustic guitar. We only call it an acoustic guitar since the electric guitar came out. Then we have to retro name mm-hmm. it acoustic. Yep. That's my new favorite word. I it's, like it. It's, it's bad, a, right? But I, that's what, like what, that's what I think of with. Women's World Cup and just the World Cup. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I want to talk about one more uh, bit of uh, Washington this week. I would call it Washington. Um, and talk about Mr. Eastman. Uh, just, just because it, it's vaguely comic. Because that's really the nicest thing I can say about it. Mr. Uh, John Eastman mm. was a dapper, dapperly dressed <laughs> at the January 6th, really. War room. Yeah. <laughs> Which brings us to our next segment. Uh, do you think he broke the law? It's time to play Sketch or Not. John Eastman. <laughs> Eastman. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What is he now? Who is Eastman without Dare I say? Because I I put together, I was like, hang on a second. Clark wrote seven letters to seven states. They only showed us the Georgia letter. Then the Eastman memo comes out. Seven states. Mm-hmm. Same seven states Clark wrote the letters to. Seven states for seven brothers? And I'm like, gosh, <laughs> I wonder if those things are connected. Like, was there some sort of a meeting? Now we know that they're one. I wonder what room service is like at the Willard. You don't want to know would be my bet. Really, not so good. They're calling in from the from the humidor. Um, oh yeah, you know, save the hay atoms. So <laughs> I, <laughs> a lot of club sandwiches. I know. Would, I, I mean, I'd never heard of the will before, but I wouldn't stay there mm, for no. anything. Nope, on the planet. Um, but I agree, they're connected. Save the hay atoms. Favorite hotel of Ukrainian presidents who were on perfect phone calls. <laughs> Last time I was there, Zelensky was there. <laughs> oh, wow. Do you wipe down the phones when you get into the place and check for bugs? I tried. I wanted to run into him on an elevator and just, just be like, hey, hey uh, what floor are you on? But I want you to do me a favor, though. <laughs> And then I want him to go, oh, I've never heard that one. Yeah, yeah. he too is a comedian. So yeah, he's a comedian work. too. I'm sure he wasn't the funniest man in the Netflix. Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when men do comedy, I mean, sometimes we let them on the shows. You, know? <laughs> you guys ready for this male comedy? Yay, Get ready. I always apologize first, though, because I'm a woman. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry to be here tonight. If that, you know, if I become a stand up comedian, that's how I'm going to start all my sets. You should. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry to be here tonight. I actually liked it because the expectations were so low I if I was as funny as the dudes I seemed funnier so it actually worked in my favor oh there you go working it I like it um so do you think Mr. Eastman is a, women are so manipulative what, you <laughs> what? <laughs> um Mr. Eastman, guilty or not guilty? Guilty. Of, like, <laughs> six crimes. I, I don't understand why he has a law license. I don't... But this is the problem, and this is this is what the other side um, makes really good use of. Mm-hmm. They know that what makes... They know that the sh- stuff they get away with demoralizes us. It makes us angry. It's enervating, right? Yeah. And the time it takes to get anything done about it. Makes right. Us angry. That's that's the that's and exactly. I'm right. They're using that to. Push I was just going to say that. Why exactly. is Rudolph Giuliani not in prison, or at least disbarred? I mean, suspended. Okay, fine, but you should a be disbarred for you if you want to. I'd like to know the timeline, please. Because Cohen was raided in April. Okay, April by the FBI. Mm-hmm. Pled guilty in August. Four months. Giuliani raided in April. Oh. Isn't going to plead guilty. Nope. Now we're in November. Where's the indictment? Uh, and and I wonder about this because well, the same, I think there's more material taken out of Giuliani's residences than there was out of Cohen's. Because mm-hmm. Cohen only had three clients. <laughs> Hannity included. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, 
what's interesting is we have, and why I have a little bit of faith in this, is we have the same special master going through the Rudy stuff as we did going through the Cohen stuff. Her name is Barbara Jones. She's mm-hmm. a retired judge. And she's handing it over on a rolling basis. Yep. And, you know, if you're wondering, like, oh, this, these indictments that are starting to come out about, you know, uh, straw candidates and money laundering and uh, filtering foreign funds... You're like, hmm, what is she finding? That's really interesting. The 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 Parnas, the fa- I think it's bizarre, but also probably makes a lot of sense that Parnas was trying to cut a deal with the government, and once they got Rudy Giuliani's stuff and Barbara Jones started handing it over, uh, the government decided they didn't want to cut a deal anymore. That's why. I think I think they got enough. Is everything okay? <laughs> oh, your Mac will sleep soon. My Mac will go. And sleep. Is it um, yes. Now, yes. Could you just stand there and hold that? Thank you. No so you were saying, so Parnas. Well, I, I find it very interesting that, that the government said, we don't need a deal from Parnas. We aren't going to even entertain a deal mm. from Parnas anymore. We're just taking him to trial. Let's go. After Rudy Giuliani was raided, and I think that what that says is that they found enough uh, in the Rudy Giuliani raid that they didn't need Parnas to flip on Rudy. Yeah, and it's coming, and the and then the Gates stuff is also like we're mm. so close. Yeah, because it's all connected. Um, but we also have to remember that um, a lot of this stuff uh, that Bill Barr threw a, yeah. a wrench into a lot of this stuff. He put the brakes on it or he disappeared it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're making up for a lot of lost time um, because otherwise I think at, at least the Rudolph Giuliani issue would have been settled by now. Yeah, if, if the real wheel, if the wheels of justice. Well, that's something right. else the inspector general is looking into. Were cases quashed by mm-hmm. Barr, or did mm-hmm. uh, U.S. attorneys sit on them and wait until right. uh, Donald was gone before they started going forward again? And we've seen a lot of unleashed shit stuff. Excuse me, I don't know. Shit, shit. Yes, that's shit. fine. Uh, happened since you know since the we have cooking of, with swearing and changing of the card. <laughs> cooking makes me uh, need to swear. We have the Rudy raid. We have the Tom Barrick indictment. Yep. We have like all this seems like go be free, run your indictments. And but I'm still I'm still interested to see what the Inspector General has to say about whether those were quashed mm-hmm. uh, or whether uh, you know U.S. attorneys were like I'm just gonna wait. A little. I bet it's a combination of both. I think so. Because I agree. definitely, I, I think Barr definitely uh, did some did with Giuliani in particular because he's so. Wait, did he have a chilling effect on Law and Order? <laughs> Barr? Mm, don't, I don't know. Don't. I think I have to reread <laughs> Ellie Honig's book to to figure that one out. Um, hmm. Yeah, we it's a mystery. Use our language mm-hmm. against them. <laughs> it's it, um, you know I. As I arrived here today, I was sad and upset listening to the screaming and rantings of the people uh, talking to Merrick Garland. And I really wanted to come here today and sit with you, um, lovely humans, and um, find out if there were things to look forward to. Because I really felt today as they were like jumping up and down on Merrick Garland and and really being like B-level debate champions. That's my problem. Yeah, and there's freaking U.S. senators. It's, there's it's U.S. senators, and they debate just like they did freshman year at Harvard, and they all went to East Coast liberal schools. Um, yep, not a good advertisement. <laughs> and their skills are exactly the same as the guy who used to stand up in high school 
with completely unprepared, be like, yeah, I gotta do this. You know, I just. We should totally party with the Hadians. I don't see where it says RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's my was my concern. I think we picked out a few little. Leave it to me to find hope in a shit show. I mean, listen. Kind of, that's I, why. That's why we love you. But it's true. Like, and it's not like you're blindly like picking at shit. You know what I'm saying? You've you surveyed. Yeah. If I ever pick at shit, yeah, I would prefer to be right. Yeah, all sorts of stuff um, happening. But you have been able to pick out some points of light, as we used to, you know, to quote George Bush. Or actually, have to, to quote H.W., but do, no, let's not do that. <laughs> um, to pick out some harsh things to look forward to. If I, you were going to give um, our readers, who are probably now passed out on the couch having made this cocktail without really proper good. instructions. It is, it's a really good <laughs> cocktail. It's a really good cocktail. Um, and I will post it on my um, website. So you can drink along with us. Even I can make it. That's how easy it is. But it's. I I think there's a nice. um, That's her wine cupboard. I think there's a very nice balance between the sort of bitterness that comes with the grapefruit juice and the sweetness that comes with the elderflower. The floralness. Isn't that deep? I know where you're going. It is perfect. So it's a balance. So you don't get anything. It's not too sicky. Which the problem Which means where we are with the hearing today. <laughs> kind of. There's a little sickening, disgusting bitterness, and then there's also some but, Yeah, but it, it's really important, I think, to not ignore, but not to be stirred up by the antics, because that's all they are. They're antics. They're, they're engaging in their performative cruelty and their performative rudeness and their... You know, they're just trying their best rudeness. to um, out Donald Donald because they think that that's their ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, reflexive control. These are active measures. Yeah, you know? yeah they're going right. to do it. So let's not. I don't care. I will never. I'm not listening to that. I'm not. I don't. Why? It's it's nothing good is going to come out of it. Nothing useful is going to come out of it. Uh, so we need to focus on the stuff that actually matters. And. I think the left needs to be much angrier than it is. So much angrier. Because anger feels, first of all, this is what the right does. They stir up fear. They stoke fear in their base. But fear is debilitating, so they transform it into anger Mm because anger feels a lot better. Right? We feel demoralized. We're tired. (laughs) We're so exhausted. Right? We need to be angry. And because our anger is actually based on something, we're angry because these people are getting away with trying to destroy our country. Yes. And that anger can be very productive. So mm-hmm. that's what I think we need to do. But a hope based anger. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't yeah. be angry yeah. if there weren't hope because that would be yeah, a waste then of time. Have, then, you're, then you're apathy, right? Then you're yes. apathy. Yes, right. Absolutely. I think like, oh, well. there needs to be strength yeah. in how we speak. Yes. Um, and I noticed that today, I'm sorry to say, during that hearing yeah. um, where you have these loudmouth churning away at us, beating away at us, beating away at Merrick Gardner in, in absolutely the rudest way. And then so, so often, we then cut to a friendly Democrat with their very polite voice. Maybe it's a little quavery, whatever. And it really begins to upset me. Yep. Be ang- they should be so angry 
that one of their colleagues who is one of 100 people who has the honor of being a sitting senator in the United States of America Mm -hmm. is treating a member of the cabinet with such disrespect, not because he's committing perjury, not because he's obfuscating, but because he's answering questions to the best of his ability. It's absolutely disgraceful. And that they need to start countering that with something, you know, I, you know, when we get big, strong, you you get emails for fundraising emails and they're like, sorry to bother you, (laughs) but the sky is falling. Exactly. You're Sorry, yeah, no, but things that, well, I would say the same thing. Um, no, well, maybe I would. I don't know. It just says it's But it's like that's such a stark example of what, what we're doing wrong. It's like, don't apologize. Say, listen, guys, we need to be paying attention. Everything is at stake. We need to care. One way to express your the level at which, to which you care uh, is to give money to people who aren't going to ban books who aren't going to make it impossible for women to exercise the right to choose, blah, blah, blah. Who aren't Nazis in the, yes. under the guise of who, who may let all Americans vote. What? No <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Did I overstep? Would you step back? I'm that, so sorry. I think you had too much to drink. Did I overstep? Yes, apologize. I'm so sorry. I'm just a woman. <laughs> Everyone votes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that is that is so. I don't, we're, the fact that that's, that's a like radical a, idea is really it's not <laughs> exactly a retrative, but you know. But but that's the thing, you know. I think about this in terms of like where we are. My position about guns is nobody should have them ever, anywhere, any kind. I don't care. That's my position. Their position is everybody should have all of the kinds of guns at all times, anywhere, no matter how well, with no restrictions. My position would be considered insane. <laughs> What's that Why is it theirs? Theirs is considerate, not even their, bar, their, their opening bid. That's where they're dug in. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the Democratic Party who's an elected official says what I'd say. No. Even though, how is, that, how is that wrong? They brought up the Second Amendment today. At, they're good at messaging. Um, they're good at messaging. They're better than that. They're much better. And I don't understand how after eight years of seeing people scream at us that we're not better at complexity is hard. As I said, you can't fit the Mueller report on a bumper sticker. No. Mm. And, you know, because of their name calling, if we say fascist, they're kind of washes. It's a wash because they're saying Marxist, Leninist, communist, socialist. <laughs> right. And you talked about that in your book, too. You talked about the term racist, mm-hmm. you know, and how that just immediately shoves somebody into a corner like a way. Hey, mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's the language. And that's why I'm like, well, fine. Let's call them constitutional Republicans. Yep. That sounds like a compliment. against democracy. I think that is exactly. So- Anti-democracy is yep. what we should call them. That is a much stronger term. So from now on in, everybody, as you eat your sweets and drink your vodka. Mozzarella and tomatoes. Mozzarella and tomatoes. um, Mm. Even if you're staring at New Jersey, I would like us all to go forth and say. In which case, drink more. (laughs) Never mind. Um, Go forth forth to love and serve the Lord. Go forth to love and serve America and call it as it is and call these people anti-democratic. Well, that sounds wrong. Anti-democracy. Yep. Um, that's what they are. I'm going to ask my goddaughter to call me anti-democracy. <laughs> that's beautiful. Now, that's, your, that's the next tattoo. 
No. <laughs> Still wondering about the Mueller one. Um, and on that note, I think we all have to leave you now, so um, probably to rehydrate. But um, I do want to point out today that Mary Trump is wearing a jeans jacket, but it has sleeves. Yeah, sleeves are required. And I'm not presiding over the fucking Senate. <laughs> and she hasn't flipped her hair, but not even once. We used to, my friend Sonia and I used to go to thrift stores and buy like a shirt, like men's shirts, cut the sleeves off. And, and with a collar, so they were connected. And if someone came into the bar where we worked without sleeves, we would say, I'm sorry, sleeves are required in this establishment. We have some for you. <laughs> well, I think the Senate needs to do that. But seriously, if I were presiding over the Senate, I would be dressed better than I've ever been dressed in my life. Right? Me too. Uh, exactly. She's just a clown. And uh, she has a serious personality disorder. But performatively weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, performatively is my other and fantastic phrase of the day. I love that word. So cheers to all of you. Cheers. Let's be pro-democracy. That sound is for the... Um, the tahini. Brownie tahini mm-hmm. something. Chocolate. I'm not allergic to whatever tahini is. It's sesame. Yeah. It's, no, no, no. <laughs> Good. Okay, everyone. AG is fine. So don't worry. There will be daily beans next week. (laughs) And thank you to Mary Trump. And thank you to Ms. Allison Gill. And to all the people who've listened, please join us for a cocktail whenever you can. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining our virtual cocktail party today. Please make sure you tune into the Daily Beans podcast to make sure you don't miss anything Allison Gill has to say. Follow Mary Trump on Twitter. Read her book, The Reckoning, if you haven't already. And as ever, thanks for the follows. Bake something nice, drink something enjoyable, and have a great week. <laughs>